1: This week on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, our guest is one of the hottest young storytellers in the game, doing his thing for Bleacher Report after a stint here at the Washington Post in the nation's capital. In fact, you might say he is a master storyteller. Well, I like what you did there, Bruce. And he's joining my loyal sidekick, Bruce and I. Uh, but first, darling, do your thing, sis. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks is hosted by a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a well-executed fade screen and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. A lover of threes in transition, Monica McNutt. Thank you, Darlene. Today's guest is Master Tavachan of Bleacher Report. Listen, if you don't follow this man on social, make sure you get him on Instagram and Twitter. Um... Dude, master, welcome to Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. Now let's jump straight into this because your new series, Untold Stories, is bringing all the heat. It is fire. It is fantastic. <laughs> it's so Easy to consume on social. Take me to the drawing board. How did it come about?
2: I appreciate the love. Yeah, uh, it's been about a year in the in the works. Just the concept of you know being able to have a world in which you know NFL players can be more of themselves is. is Unlike the NBA, where you're starting to see more expressions of individual individuality and and self-expression, in the NFL that really doesn't exist. And so, one uh, of the creates this kind of world like where where people come in feel comfortable uh, doing an activity they're accustomed to doing, which is playing pool. Which, Monica, I'm sure you know, a lot of athletes, you know, when they have a game room after they get you know that big paycheck, you know, they always want to buy a fancy pool room in there. So, you know, it, it's been it's kind of replic- replicating a, a a scenario or situation in which I've been in with athletes, where I go to their cribs, you know, we're sipping on something brown, you know, we're playing pool, we just we just shooting the shit, and so that was kind of exactly kind of what I was trying to replicate onto the screen, and and it worked out probably even better than I even imagined, just with the animations, the storytelling that we have, the comfort that they feel, and how honest and authentic these athletes have come in uh, and expressed these stories, whether you know it could be something as as serious as black mental health or, or, kneeling for police brutality and racial injustice, or, you know, it could be something as funny as, you know, having your best game being hung over, you know what I'm saying? Or, or missing your flight really. after a game and, and, um, you know, missing your team meetings afterwards, because you're having a good time and live in Miami. So I, I wanted to make sure I made this world as well-rounded as possible. And it wasn't boxed into one or the other. It just kind of displayed the full range of, of what it's like behind the scenes in the
1: NFL. But how did you go about getting your guests? Are these guys that you had relationships with or, like, how'd that go about?
2: Yeah, some of them I had relationships with. Uh, some of them I've always been kind of interested in or respected or, or appreciated or admired from afar. Um, and then others are just people that I've known, you know, to 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 have stories in terms of, you know, people always have something something to say about them or some, you know, opinion about them. They're, they're just kind of that kind of uh, a lightning rod. And... I wanted to stick away from like the A-list NFL players, you know, the Peyton Mannings and all those guys. Like I wanted to avoid those and kind of focus on the B-level guys with personalities that, you know, you're aware of and and, and there's at least a strong following within a certain fan club of of a particular player, uh or it could be some sort of national affinity uh of a of a cult following that a player was able to create, you know. Uh, whether that be someone like a Percy Harvin, who's very well respected in, in Minnesota and Seattle, still beloved in those, uh, uh, in Minnesota at least, in Seattle, they still think fondly of him because of the kickoff he had for a touchdown and, and just how dynamic he was as a player. Or, you know, Michael Vick, who obviously transcended culture in the NFL. You talk about Clint Portis and Santana Moss, who are both uh, guys in the Washington area who are beloved. Uh, those kind of guys, Darnell Dockett, you know, another guy who's who's known to have a lot of stories and and <laughs> you know ha- has has a, a a funny personality and has a great following with his fan base in in Arizona Cardinals. And so I wanted to focus on those guys. I feel like those are the stories that often aren't told, and those are people who have personalities I think would would shine better uh, on camera than guys who are like a whole lot more polished who've been interviewed thousands and thousands and thousands of long times. That's
1: not what I was trying to create here. Um, you've nailed it. And I personally had to get on my other co host, Clinton Portis, because I felt like he gave you all the juice and I felt some type of <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah. But ooh, had good, we happy- had a good time. Yeah. He was
2: he was even like uh we had we were kinda short on time and he was like trying to tell me a couple other stories and I'm like, Man, I wish we could keep going. But you know, that we we got Percy Harvin waiting over here after you. But Clinton really started his thing off right, man. He told a great story about it him having his best game hung over when he was at the Denver Broncos. And, you know, that, that just kind of sets the tone for the rest of the season and, and, and how, you know, people are going to view this moving forward. Now it's just from this, you know, episode to episode of season one, but then moving forward, you know, other athletes don't want to jump on. You
1: know, they carry that same authenticity that they, they, that they felt when they watched the Clint Portis episode. Would you like to take this one into the NBA or is this going to stay specific to the NFL?
2: Stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll see where it
1: goes, but stay tuned. You know, I I don't think you're too far off in the way you think. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, let's segue into this hoops situation because here on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, obviously we're talking basketball primarily. The big news this week, Master Evansville, does the unheard of knocking off number one ranked Kentucky. Now, I'm not asking you for your X's and O's because I know you're a busy guy. But when you saw that score... Is that a commentary on the positive parity we might see this year in college basketball? Is it a lucky shot by Evansville? um, Or is it Cal has to rein in the egos of this year's fresh crop of talent? My
2: first thought was, who the hell is Evansville?
1: (laughs) I had no idea what it's at. I had to Google this spot.
2: I didn't know where the school was located. I didn't even know if there was D1 or not. Um, But... I think it's it's remarkable, when you always hear these these small time schools being able to upset these powerhouse programs, particularly during this time of year, and obviously of course in March Madness, I don't know how much I should place in this because it it almost sounds like Kentucky was just sleepwalking mhm and and that that's kind of my ultimate takeaway from this. But then I don't also don't want to take away anything from Evansville because, again, the odds are completely stacked against them. You're facing a bunch of five-star recruits. They're going to go in the NBA. Some of them are going to be lottery picks. Uh, and it's just a machine that they've been able to create in Kentucky with, with Calipari. And you've got the school, again, that I've never heard of in my life. And probably 95% of the people either watching or seeing the results of this are also wondering, where the hell is Evansville? And they look at this logo, the Purple Aces, and they're just like, this looks like an XFL team. <laughs> but they were able to pull this off, and it's – It's a remarkable feat. I think it speaks a lot by the head coach and and, and how he's been able to get these players to buy in and and to believe themselves that they could actually do this and accomplish this. And it'll be interesting to see where the team goes moving forward from here. But uh, for me, when I look at Kentucky, I mean, yeah, it's a bad loss, but it's November. (laughs) You know, I I think they'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll be in in March Madness as they always are. And from there, we can judge how, how good they are as we do every single year.
1: Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. It's definitely an early season game. And I have not parsed through the Purple Aces roster. But my first thought was, one, do they have a job in Morant that we have not yet discovered? Which they Mm. don't. And then, two, Mm. I would be willing to bet that that's a team composed of upperclassmen as opposed to five-star freshmen. And we get kind of what makes March Madness just November's version of it.
2: That's interesting.
1: Yeah, that's my thought process on
2: it. it. It's For me, I think, for me, it's hard to pick up on college basketball until you start doing the preseason tournaments. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at this point, I mean, there's there's enough games to be played where Kentucky can obviously prove themselves and get back on the right track with this. But I, it, I think it almost caught everyone off guard at the time because I remember looking at my phone and getting a police report app saying, a police report app notification saying that, evansville upset kentucky and i'm like what the hell just happened and you're trying to watch these highlights and you're trying to see you know what's going on but it it just caught everyone completely off guard to the point where it's it's, you feel so good for evansville but then you end up realizing like kentucky's gonna be straight like we'll see him in march and then from there you know we'll we'll see how good they are from there yeah
1: for sure for sure all right so let's flip it over and get into your world for real, the NBA. I mean, I guess if you had to rank your worlds, is NFL your one A, and then NBA is one B, or like how's your how's that go for you? I always say NFL is one A, just because
2: it's it's where I've covered the NFL for seven years now. But NBA is one B for sure because of of I've also been you know I've had one foot in there too with covering games and and being around athletes and doing features. I, it's I think this this is the best time of the year where you can get the
1: best of both worlds, and I can watch sports every single damn day right now. Um, that sounds like a single man comment. But either way, shout out to you. We're not going to get anyway. Girl, shall we tee up? Welcome, NBA. Oh man, I've I've you
0: know I've enjoyed the the story about uh about the new show. But yeah, let's do it. So okay, so Monica gave gave it away. I'm a Boston fan. All right, eight and one on top of the East right now. But you know. Uh, I'm not really sure, you know, with Hayward getting injured and whatnot. But I will say this: Celtics fans are saying Kyrie who right now because Kemba has just been killing it for them.
2: He has, man, and and I'm a big Mavs fan, so that 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 win that they had it, it shocked me because that first quarter the Celtics defense was just so stifling, and it, it's even it's even remarkable to the fact the fact that the Mavs who have been one of the most efficient offenses in the league so far we're still able to get up 106 points but i mean the celtics just look so balanced both offensively and defensively and even despite gordon's injury you know they'll be able to still ride the ship same thing with i was saying with college basketball at the nba it's still so early but the fact that they were able to gain that chemistry so quickly with Kemba walker i think is the biggest sign that you can take away from the celtics in terms of how legit they're going to be this year and and that with a healthy gordon uh, with 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 gordon coming back in the lineup this this team's going to be a contender. I think that's without question at this point. And it, with the wide open East as it is, I mean, who knows? This could be the year that, you know, what we expected from them last year to, to make it to the finals and compete for a
1: championship. So, all right, so we know that you are the expert pro athlete whisperer, right? Um, the Kemba Kyrie thing, two very different guys. Similar skill sets. I think Kimba is probably more inclined to pass maybe than Kyrie is. But how much do you account for Kimba being known throughout the league and amongst other players as a true sort of leader of men compared to Kyrie? When you look at what could happen in Boston this year, Master
2: Kimba's a chill dude. I mean, I've I've had a couple of interactions with him. Actually, I've had I think one or, one or two interactions with him, and I mean, Kimba's just a really laid back, chill dude, and he's. He's not one for the limelight. He just wants to get the job done. He loves hooping, and I I think that kind of can resonate with a whole, especially when you're talking about such a uh, a young core with Tatum and and obviously Jalen Brown and those kind of guys that kind of respond and relate to that a whole lot more. Where it's not about the emphasis is about one person. It feels like Kemba has just blended in a lot quicker and a lot easier than Kyrie did. Where Kyrie. You know, I think he is better suited for like a city like a New York or an LA where the attention's there and you know, Kyrie is the center and the focal point of of, of the Nets offense at this moment until so obviously Kevin Durant comes back and it's gonna be interesting how that dynamic works from there. But I don't find it surprising that A Kimball Walker did not want to come to New York because even though he is from New York, he's not like what you would consider like a New Yorker. He he's very chill, he's laid back, he doesn't he doesn't want to spot out of the attention, he just wants the ball, he just wants the hoop and he's gonna lay back in the cut. And I feel like that's exactly what he's getting in Boston here where there's, you know, you're going to have so many different guys who are going to get the attention. He's going to be able to find them and facilitate them and, and being able to, to create open opportunities in in, a, in the system. And, I mean, what he did against the Mavericks when he dropped 29 points, five rebounds, five assists on 9-17 shooting in 33 minutes. I mean, you get that consistently from Kimball Walker. This team's going to be hard to beat. You
0: know, the thing that, that you know, I really have noticed about – Kemba, he seems to just have this joy about him. Like with Kyrie, when he played, he always kind of had, I never really felt that he really enjoyed being on the team or with his teammates. But with Kemba, I feel like the guy's like just bursting out with just loving what he's doing right now.
2: I think the interesting part about what Kyrie was trying to accomplish, he spoke a lot and openly when he was with Boston about what it takes to be a championship mentality and have a championship mindset. And he kept emphasizing and enforcing perspective of which he gained having played with LeBron James in Cleveland and Kemba doesn't necessarily have that because he played in Charlotte, but he knows how to be a gamer. He's obviously proven in college, his capabilities of leading a team and, and being able to go on one of the most impressive runs that we've ever seen in March Madness uh, history. And so, but I think that mentality has always existed with Kemba. It was just a matter of I think Kyrie was trying to do a lot more coaching and trying to show the guys that like, look, follow me. I know I've been here. I've done this. I, I made a big shot against the Golden State Warriors and one of the biggest upsets, if not the biggest upset you'll ever see in NBA Finals history. With where, where Kemba, I think he just comes with that same hunger these other kids have uh, with the Tatum and the, and the Browns that, you know, let's let's go, let's go get it. By any means necessary, let's go get it and let's make it happen. Let's make it, let's make it all happen at one because we're all trying to get it for the first time because none of us have ever uh, experienced an NBA Finals and none of us have ever experienced an NBA championship. And I think that that mentality that, that is creating this cohesive unit to, to, to be a, a very dangerous, dangerous team that I don't know if many people were expecting this from the Celtics leading up to the season. Um, you know, with the loss of Al Horford and Kyrie, you know, obviously they added Kemba, but I don't know if anyone was expecting them to hit it off the, off the bat like this nor to be as dangerous to consider, you know, a potential East, uh, 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 a, content, a title-contending team coming out of the East in terms of where they're positioned right now and, and someone that can be a, a very dangerous threat towards the Sixers and the, and the Bucks.
0: Well, you know, we're only 10% of the way into the season, so, you know, there's a long way to go. So <laughs> no, nobody, won, nobody won the title before, like, you know, Thanksgiving.
2: <laughs> absolutely. But I think <laughs> it's encouraging – it's encouraging to see them, you know, building this kind of rapport. It's, I think one of the hardest things that you have to do in, in the NBA is, is adapt to change. And, when, you know, it takes a lot of teams some time. We saw the change that LeBron James has gone through throughout his career and the slow starts with those teams, particularly in Miami, when you got Chris Bosch, Dwayne Wade, and, 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 and LeBron together and, and seeing how slow they started off and hovering around 500 around this time of year. To see a team hit it off the bat, uh, out the gate like this, I, I think... As much as I don't want to put a lot of stock in November in NBA basketball, there has to be some significance placed on this, and, and it's very impressive. Well, you mentioned
0: Kyrie so winning I, a title. I, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Monica.
1: Well, I got two things, though, and I think we're okay. on the same page, Bruce. Yep. Um, Kyrie's ex- – well, I'm curious to see how Brad Stevens puts this together because I, for one, believe that he should have been catching far more heat last season as opposed to just Kyrie Um, In terms of we've ordained him as the next Popovich. So perhaps Kimba is a guy Mm. who resembles some of his guards that he had at Butler who were lesser known stars. I use air quotes around lesser known stars. So I really want to see what Brad Stevens does with this group. And if what we're seeing now is a glimpse of what we possibly could see as we get closer to the postseason. Because I, for one, definitely didn't have Boston as a real contender coming out of the East. I'll be honest.
2: So did you think, like, uh, in terms of your criticism towards Brad Stevens, did you not think, like, he was going to be able to uh, create this kind of environment, or, or was it going to be able to, to enhance their play after Kyrie? I'm just interested by that. Because I, I, I don't know if I have a comment on one way of Brad Stevens, one way or the other. I think, you know, his college pedigree has, has been something that people have continued to lean on, even as he's gotten to Boston. I think that one year he had when Kyrie was hurt was incredible. Uh, last year, like you mentioned, it's it's tough to say whether it's on Kyrie or it's on Stevens, and, and whether he, either one, if they were both stubborn enough not to adjust to one another, or if 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 one or the other is is to blame on this. But I'm I'm curious.
1: I I want to see if he's the X and O's mm-hmm. genius coach that we've discussed him as. To your point, the one year in Kyrie's absence, if Kyrie being absent means that he's successful, then what are we going to get this season? Does that make sense? Mm, absolutely. Like, if he's better at stirring the pot without a true alpha dog, because Gordon Hayward wasn't who he is now, uh, assuming that he gets healthy again, until he ran through his operation with Brad Stevens, and they had that run in the NCAA tournament. So maybe he is that coach, to your point, that's better off with less egos. If that's the case, then let's go, Brad Stevens. Like, I want to see it.
2: <laughs> that, that might be the Yeah, that might be it. That, I think that might be it. And, and I don't think it's it's always surprising to me the coaches that are are don't adapt to their – the the personnel that they have stuck on their system. And for some people, yes, it's very effective. You can go by that, but other times you're going to have to adapt to your personnel because not everyone's going to fit your system. And I, I don't know how many coaches actually get knocked for that for, for being uh, less adaptive to their personnel and, and sticking to their system. You know, it's, whether you want the you know it's it's apples and oranges I guess per se but I think having the combination of being able to do both and having a system that can be very structured and organized and very respected uh, while also being able to be fluid with your personnel and understanding that every season you're not going to have a roster that completely fits what you're trying to accomplish every year. It I, I don't know where Brad Stevens is and I think you bring up a good point that we'll find out this year.
0: Mhm. Hey, so uh, let's 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 go three thousand miles to the west here with Kyrie's old teammate LeBron James who I believe is the greatest player of all time. I know I get a lot of heat for that.
2: And I picked Beat the Lakers. Truth, and <laughs> I, and I, I, are, you, are you with me on that? I'm with you on this one, man. I'm, I'm with you with my 80-degree weather on. You know what I'm saying? I'm feeling this, man. I'm feeling what you're talking about.
0: I picked them to win it all. I picked the Lakers to win it all before the season. So far, they're off oh, to a wow. real good start. What are your thoughts?
2: Oh, wow. You picked him over the Clippers? Yeah. yep, He's I did. He's tripping. He's tripping.
0: Well, Monica took Thank the Clippers you. and I took the Lakers, so you know we're not supposed to agree, right? I, I guess not, but
2: I'm on Monica's side now. I'm over here switching <laughs> sides, man. You know, what <laughs> <I said. laughs> you know
0: You were always on hey. Monica's side, master.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think the Clippers are the start of season too. I'm I'm a huge Kawhi fan. I'm a huge PG fan. I think it's one. It's gonna be one of the best duos we've seen in a long time. Just because their personalities just perfectly fit for each other, and beyond that, obviously their gameplays will will be able to mesh and, and work together as well. But yeah, the Lakers. I mean, I think I feel like it all started with the Lakers against the against the Mavs. And I don't know what it was, but Luka and, and KP in that environment were able to bring out so much out of the Lakers that you know a level tenacity from LeBron and the same thing from what we saw from Anthony Davis as well. He had an incredible game um, and and being able to kick out Danny, Danny Green for that three, which you know as a Mavs fan I'm still salty about because the White House was holding. But it, it seems like from that moment on, you know we're seeing this Lakers team gel in a way that. You know, I don't know if we necessarily saw last year. And it, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep this up. I it, I think with Paul George coming back now, now the West, now we're talking about, you know, who's who's really going to be the king of L.A.? Will it be the Clippers or the Lakers? And I, I still think it's going to be the Clippers. Uh, you know, I th- I just think that the amount of uh, depth they have with defensively, especially, um, and I think they're two, they're two uh, players I would take over LeBron and AD at this moment. I'm, I'm a huge believer in what Kawhi was able to do and, and what he has consistently done. And, you know, when PG's healthy, you know, he's also one of the best two-way players in the game. It, oh yeah. I, <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it just, it, it'll be, I'll be interesting to see how, how they can maintain this pace with the Lakers or is it going to be one of those up and down kind of seasons as they try to figure it out, uh, you know, with, you know, every couple of weeks, but at this moment right now, things are looking great.
0: All I want to see is a Lakers Clippers Western Conference Finals. Seven home amen, games amen for that. both teams, man.
2: Amen to that. And, and Mike, hey, we better be there for all seven games, right?
1: Who sending me <laughs> to Western Conference Finals? <laughs> I'm going to find a way. Um, all right, Master. <laughs> I appreciate you coming through. But before we let you out of here, this is how we wrap things up on buckets, boards, and blocks. But I'm going to keep it a little bit more condensed for you. I need you to give me what you would consider to be a bucket for this year's NBA season, something that you're really looking forward to watching, seeing how it evolves, um, whether it's a storyline, a team, or a particular player. I'm only going to get you with a bucket, and next time you come on, we'll get a board and a block from you too. But for right now, give me the thing that you're most excited to see go down this year in the NBA season.
2: Oh, You already know what it is. You're too Luka, baby. Luka Doncic. I mean, uh-huh. that's 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 to me. Obviously, I'm biased as I'm a Mavs fan, but he he's the most exciting player in the league for me right now. And I'll be at uh, you know I'm going to the Knicks game. You know, with Mavs Knicks, I'm I'm excited to go see him live in person again. But I mean, he's having a very very incredible season so far, and I'm excited to see him at the All Star game in Chicago for his first ever NBA All Star appearance. Can I put go ahead and book that down? Because you know that's happening. Okay.
1: It. i like it i like how you um wear your heart on your sleeve a little bit there but it also is a very wise basketball astute observation as well <laughs> don't you love when logic and emotion comes together like that that's you know what that's what we call symmetry i love that
0: luca's a total badass by the way he's a beast he's a f- oh man he's a badass he's a badass <laughs> oh not a badass not yeah, not he's a badass
1: he's
0: a bad
2: man <laughs>
1: Uh, he you shut your mouth. mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Master. <about> <laughs> we appreciate you coming on the pod this week. Y'all gotta make sure you follow this man on all his social. Keep up with untold stories. He's got more fantastic work coming. My guy, thank you for your time. Enjoy the game.
2: No doubt. Hope to see you soon, Monica. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing.
1: Hey! Oh! Master Tivestian of Bleacher Report for coming through, sharing his stories, his perspective. We definitely hope that Untold Stories continues to have a breakout season of success, and we all have to stay tuned to see if it crosses over into the NBA. Thanks, as always, to my producer and fantastic sidekick, Bruce Bernstein, our terrific editor, Ben Wolfen. Please check out our weekly Pure Hoops media shows. The Mike Wise Show drops every Monday with great guests. This week, Mike has part one of his two-part interview with former NBA Commissioner David Stern. The conversation between Mike and David is so dope. You have never heard David Stern sound like he does when he's talking to Mike. The Retooled Catch and Shoot 2.0 will be launching soon with some exciting new hosts. And we'll have more on that in the coming days, but it will drop each Wednesday. The Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman drops each Friday. And I am back. Your girl is here on Thursdays with buckets, boards, and blocks. Please rate us, review us, subscribe, leave some feedback. And until next week, my people, enjoy your hoops. Go Purple Aces! Buckets, boards, and blocks with Monica McNutt has been a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.